What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I have HGTV stars Dave and Jenny Mars. They have a show called Fixer to Fabulous out of Arkansas. They're going to be coming to Flip Hacking Live to speak to us. And uh, I got to talk and ask them all kinds of juicy questions about how they got their show, what life was like before the show, what life's like now, and how it's all done. So um, if you ever wanted to see behind the scenes of an HGTV show, make sure you listen to this episode. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I am back with an amazing show today. I'm really excited to talk to my guests. I have a uh, somebody who you probably recognize from TV. So it's uh, pretty rare that I get somebody like this on the show who's uh, in the public eye on television, things like that. And we're going to hear about it today. So I'm really excited to talk to Dave and Jenny Mars today. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're wonderful. How are you? Good, I'm doing you. great. I'm doing great. And I love the fact that we had an opportunity to talk ahead of time. So we uh, behind the scenes for you guys, we we talked for a little bit before the show, got to know each other, which is really cool because I think we share a lot of the same values, which is one of the reasons why I wanted them to come speak at Flip Hacking Live. So if you guys don't know, uh, my guests today are going to be at our event, October 12th, 13th, and 14th. Amazing event. If you don't have tickets yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Um, a sign from someone, but you can go to fliphackinglive.com and grab a ticket. Um, and we're also letting kids in for free, if you don't know that. So any kids that you have under 18, you can bring them along. And um, the website says three, but these guys have five. So you can bring at least five. And then we have we have a few people in our community that have 11 and 12 kids, respectively. Holy so you God. have that many. Um, they're probably not all under 18, but you can bring as many under 18 as you have. So I promise. Um, welcome to the show, guys. I'm uh, excited to talk to you. Why don't you tell everybody who, uh, I don't know, the 10 people or so who don't know who you are that are listening a little bit about you guys. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. So, okay. So, um, hello. We are Dave and Jenny Mars. Uh, we have a show on a HGTV uh, that is called Fixer to Fabulous. We are wrapping up season five of, of that show. So, it, it's going to start airing, I believe, in November. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we just, we've got a five kids, um, twins that are 13. We've got an 11 year old, a nine year old, and a little four year old. So, we're we're running around crazy, probably like you know most people out there. But it's it's a beautiful mess. We've got a blueberry farm. We've got a construction business. Uh, we've got the TV show, and we live in Bentonville, Arkansas. So we're 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 kind of right in the south. And yeah, it's a like I said, it's 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 a beautiful mess and something that we're we're working every day to to figure out you know what's the next thing we're doing, what's the next project, what's the next house. Well, Jenny's not, but I am. <laughs> And um, yeah, we're just trying to figure out, try, trying to figure everything out. Now you can add in. I know you want to add in on this. Dave's always looking for the next project. I'm just trying to get the stuff done that we have already started. That's the goal. <laughs> we're both dreamers. She's just a little bit more practical dreamer yes. than I am. Yes, that's true. So you you make the mess and Jenny cleans it up. Oh my gosh, that's literally our life. <laughs> so not true. That is literally our life. Literally. Look at the sink right now. And Dave came home 
And now when he leaves, I'll have to clean it up. Oh, come on. We're in the middle of renovating our own house right now. And it's, it's, we're living inside of a renovation. So yeah, there's literally a mess. That yeah, there is. It's, it's a little bit of a crazy. mess. But yeah, we're good. Yeah, it's good. I have renovated my houses so many times. Um, yeah. Most of the time it was before I was married, but um, once when my son James was having surgery, it was Christmas and I ripped up all the floors and knocked out a closet in our master bathroom and renovated like the whole bathroom and hardwood floors before my wife got back from the hospital, like three weeks later, hired some guys off of um, Thumbtack and we got it all yeah, done. And you did it. You got it done. Oh yeah, kind of. Um, it, it, it was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, not really. <laughs> so, yeah. there, there were probably two or three things that never got finished. But um, but I got it. We did have to stay in my cousin's house for two nights because James got done a little early. It was New Year's Eve, and uh, I wasn't finished yet. But through Christmas and New Year's, yeah, oh, yeah. in renovation projects. So I know how it is. It's, and I think everybody is listening to this has done that. So they're like living in their own renos or they're flipping houses. So that we all understand how that is. And most husbands are probably the ones making the mess because yeah, make he wasn't a lot quite of ready messes. to start. He just started. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. So anyway, well, sometimes somebody needs to swing that first hammer. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, it'll never get done. Um, and and everybody needs somebody to clean up the mess behind them, but it won't yeah, exactly. which is there my problem. <laughs> yeah. So so what was like what was life like before the TV show? Like, what were you guys doing? What's your background? I'd love to hear about more about that. So um, we were building at the time before the show, uh, yep. but originally. We met out of college. Um, we both worked for a supplier for, um, we live in Bentonville. Obviously it's the home of Walmart. So there's all, everybody that sells to Walmart has offices here. And I was in Florida and Dave was in Colorado. I'm actually from Orlando. You said you have the conference always in Orlando. That's where all my family is. But um, I, we both got hired for the same company out of college. Dave's dad had been a builder all his life, and Dave decided he wanted to go into corporate America. So thankfully, you know how it is. You never want to do what your parents do when you're, you oh, know, sure. like when you're you gotta you gotta set your own path. So yeah, my dad, uh, we built log homes and homes in Colorado. I mean, the log home that we lived in um, from the yeah the from five years on. So I've I was always around the building industry. Like Jenny said, I wanted to get away from it, going to corporate America. That lasted about two years, but I met this lovely woman in the process, so it was all worth it. And um, just got back into building here in, in Bentonville. Um, about 2004, we started our business here in Bentonville. So about two years before everything, you know, kind of crashed for the first time. And yeah, we just, we've been building ever since. Um we build probably, or you know, we we're before we got into the show, probably about forty homes a year, um, new construction, maybe another fifteen or twenty remodels. So not a huge company, but you know what? It was I was home every night. Um, I, it, it was all local work, and yeah, it was, it was it was perfect. And then we started the show. So what what was how did life change after that? Well, um, this. The network had contacted us in, I think it was 2016. Um, they were interested in our town because we live in a small town and they were really looking for a small town and couples who renovate together. And so someone had given them our name and they reached out and we were 
not interested at all. Um, Dave was more, a little more interested than me. I wasn't interested at all. Um, we had little kids at the time, you know, we were talking before this about kids, but, um, at the time our youngest daughter was two who now she's nine, but, um, and we had just two years prior had just adopted our oldest daughter from the Congo. So we were kind of coming up for air at that point of everything in our house had been like, uh, it was just chaos for a while dealing, you know, with trauma and attachment and adjustment and our boys were only four when Sylvie came home and then we had a newborn and it was crazy. So we were just sort of finding our way again at this point when they reached out and we thought, I thought for our family, I was like, I don't want to do this. Um, I don't want to like put our family out there and put yourselves in the public eye and be open to all of the negative opinions of all the people. <laughs> um, and we just, we said no. And then the network contacted us again. Um, and we talked to our production, who's now our production company. We talked to the development producer one day over coffee. We agreed to go to coffee. We said, we're not doing the show, but we'll have coffee. And, um, he explained, you know, he is from this area. So he, we were also kind of nervous about how would they portray our, our town and our area. We wanted to be, we're really protective of it and we love our community and we wanted to make sure it was portrayed in a really positive, good light and not in a way that made us look bad or, you know, backwards in Arkansas, you know? Um, and he was really, um, I don't know. He's just really kind about like, I know your community is important and I, this is my community. I grew up yeah. here. His mom still lives here. And then we just really just spent a lot of time praying and praying and praying on it and really felt like this was just what God wanted us to do um, for, you know, for whatever reason. And sort of we have we have our nonprofit that we've done for several I mean at the time we'd done that for several years but we just felt like now this the show has almost become a ministry as well and um just showing a real family and being authentic and also you know we obviously are an adoptive family so we get to talk about adoption and we just get different platforms to talk about things that we care about orphan care and those kinds of things so um, yeah. So since we said yes, it's just, we just never thought it was going to go any farther yeah. to, to be completely honest. And I think the expectation that, that the network, um, that HGTV set up for us was a good expectation because they just said, Hey, you know, if we green light a pilot episode, we air 70, 80 pilots a year and mm -hmm. maybe four or five are picked up. So really the chances are that like, it won't, you know, it'll just be a one-time pilot, but you'll have that one time that you get a national spotlight that then you can, you know, you can talk about some of the stuff that you care about. So we always just kind of looked at it as, hey, like, it's an opportunity. It's, it's, or I did, it's an opportunity where even if just for a moment, we get to talk about like, you know, adoption and uh, about like, you know, keeping families together it's worth it. Let's try it. And so that was, we prayed about it. And I think like we both came to this decision together that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try this one and that'll probably be it. And then we'll just kind of move on with our lives as builders as we had before. So it reminds you said, you say no, and then we'll do coffee and <laughs> then we'll do a pilot. Yeah. And then chances are it's not going to go anywhere. There's just a few yeah. that get picked up like less than 10% from the sounds of it. And so um, 
what happens next? Like what happens after that? You do a pilot and then they say, hey, everybody yeah, watch, we let's go. We're actually, yeah, we're actually in South Africa as a family um, checking in on some nonprofit stuff in Zimbabwe. We were in, in South Africa though when we got the call that the pilot had been, um, well, that was when we got the call that the pilot had been greenlit. So first we did a sizzle reel. That was the first thing we did. And then the sizzle reel led to a pilot. And so we found out when we were in South Africa and we were like, okay, well, we didn't expect the pilot. Um, and so then we did the pilot and it was one month and it was really, really crazy because we'd never had renovated an entire house. This was a historic home that we did um, in, in a month. It was one month and it was just like, we couldn't figure out how in the world are we gonna do this? This is crazy, um, but we did it and we figured it out and we were like, that was fun never do that again. You know, it was a one-time thing. So it didn't air for quite a while. It didn't air until later that fall, I think. And, um, it was fun. We had a party with our friends, watched it. It was so exciting and it was just neat. And then that's what we, we were like, that's it. We're not, that's the end, you know? And that's kind of what the network told us is like, it's probably not going to get picked up and it didn't get picked up right away. We didn't find out right away. Um, it took a little while a month or so. Yeah, before they like replayed it a few times and um, and then eventually they said, yes, they picked it up for a season and we were like, oh, okay. Now we have to figure out how to do this at the time. I think they wanted 10 episodes. They wanted eight, right? Didn't they do eight? I think it was, it was it eight or 10 and then 12. I don't know. Anyway, they wanted a lot and we we're like, how are we going to do it? You know? So it was just, it was a really crazy kind of hectic time and yeah, it was good though. Yeah. It's, it's just, crazy. it's exciting that you, you know, that enough people watched you and they liked the ratings enough because it's all ratings based. We have a contract with HGTV that, you know, goes out four or five years, but if we don't get ratings that they'll cut the contract the next day, it's, it's all ratings based. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was nice to know that people watched it and then stayed watching it throughout the episode and then came back to watch it again. So that's always a, a good feeling. And yeah, we got the first season and they picked up, I think it was, I thought it was eight, but maybe it was 10, yeah. Yeah. 10 episodes the first season. And so then we all of a sudden have to figure out how are we going to scale this? Because, you know, there there's a battle of, of me as the contractor trying to get the job done in four to six weeks, which is in and, in and of itself really difficult because we're doing on these, every one of these houses, it's the bare minimum is kitchen, exterior, uh, living, and then like another space, like a bedroom, bathroom, something like that. So it's just a lot to take on in a little amount of time. So we had to figure out how we could, how we could scale this and actually do it. Um, and, you know, and then it, it's kind of, you, you have to shut everything else down while you're doing it or, you know, we would we we always kind of have a few spec houses going, so we can pull from that same pool of subcontractors where they're not going to other jobs; they're staying on our jobs. And so it's a big investment to, you know, to to put that much down, you know, in such a little amount of time. And so we, I was excited, and you know, we we went through that first season, and we got. I think we got eight done. We were just about done on the last, the last one. And the network called us and they said, Hey, we just, we love what we're seeing. Like the cuts are really good. Surprise. Um, we know you'll be so excited. We added two more episodes and Jenny literally just broke down and started crying. And, you know, our network exec was like, 
is are, are these good tears or we, we were just it was a long year and we were just ready to be done yeah. um and so yeah it's uh it's hard and, well, it, and it was it was really hard because we hadn't quite figured out we didn't really have a a really good process at the time and so we were just working all hours of every day and you know you get your like we film all day and then we come home and then I have to actually do my job which is source products and plan everything out like all of that stuff it doesn't happen on camera so it has to get done so it happens at night Dave's going to the house and to the, working in the barn at four in the morning and coming back and we're getting the kids ready for bed and then we go to to go work to go film and check in on all the houses and get come home do all the crazy you know after school at dinner time rush homework sports and then get the kids to bed and then we start working again so they're really and all weekend every weekend we worked um that first i would say first two seasons and um it was just it felt like something had to give especially for me because i was used to working very flexible hours like i i i was you know at all my kids sporting i'm still at the sporting events but i was going on field trips i was homeroom mom i was doing all the things because i was checking in on houses and i only worked on um our renovation projects i didn't work on spec homes so i didn't i i don't know i I had a much more flexible schedule because the kids were so little and that was my priority and i was helping dave with design decisions and plans but i wasn't there from eight to five every day, I would go to each house, check in, get everything done while the kids were at school and then go get them from school. And then I was mom. And so now when we're filming, there was none of that. It was, they told me when I had to be there and when I could leave. And that's been still is the hardest thing is the schedule is the hardest part of it because we have no control over our life. It feels like sometimes. So I think as far as change, that's the hardest is the schedule for sure. How have you guys uh, built a process? You mentioned at the first two years, it was yeah. like, go, 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 go. But it yes. sounds like, at least from the tone, yeah. is that's changed over the last few seasons. So how yes. did you build a system around that? And what does that look like? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's still crazy, but it's- well, it's, always in, it's always in flux. The first, the first season, um, I contracted every house, um, mm-hmm. did everything. Uh, and so- like Jenny said, when you're filming, you're not really doing any work. And as soon as like work would end, they would go to lunch, they would take a break. That's when I would do the work. So it was just, it was 24 seven. After the first season, we just, we couldn't do it. So the first season, oh yeah, first and second season, third season, like we brought my brother on, he's a contractor as well. And then fourth and fifth season, we actually have, we have a couple other contractors which it's not just the contractors, it's the subcontractors. It's, you know, when we're doing four houses at a time, I can't have a painter at four houses because he doesn't have that many. So having different crews at different houses, and I think the hardest thing for me initially was letting go of that control and realizing that, hey, we've got other guys that are very capable that can do this, that can give, execute, yeah. execute it and get the quality that that Jenny and I expect and that, that we're used to with, with you know, our, our own projects. And so, it, you know, it, it all really comes down to community. It all comes down to like those people that you're, the team that you're surrounding yourself with to, to try to build this scale and build it, you know, where, where it's manageable. And it's a, it's a constant battle. I know yeah, every, <laughs> every family, every, 
all the parents out there can can totally relate that time is your I mean, it's your greatest asset and there's never enough of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are. There's never enough time. Mm -hmm. And we fight with that or struggle with that all the time still. But um, we've gotten better about, you know, carving out like, hey, this is sorry. This is this is our time that we're with our family. This is when you can't have access to us. And Jenny does a better job than I do. But she's looking at me, giving rolling her eyes. <laughs> He doesn't do that kind of that. But you try, you try. No, we do. I think all along we've been really, we've always, and our production company has been great about family for like, if there's something going on with the kids or sporting or sport events or whatever it is. We've always, that's always been the priority. But I think for us being able to build a team that understands the show, it's just so different than building a house or renovating a house, not for a show. The production timeline changes everything about the process and so just for us to really understand that has changed so we now know like we know that they don't need to film certain things we can do that and then they need to film this like we just understand what production needs and then what we need and now we're able to tie those two things together where at first it was always a battle like Dave was always trying to get the house done but then the cameras weren't there and then they'd get mad like you have to we have to shoot that you can't do it so now it's really just that communication understanding and having a good team our production company has we've been it's the same team since day one that makes a big difference our camera guys like all of that I feel like as far as the execution of the process of the show it's gotten better because we all know what we're doing we were all figuring it out even our production company we were all figuring it out at the beginning so i think now it's just that process is smoother yeah when you say yeah yeah for sure it's, it's funny because when you guys talk about the production of your show it sounds very similar actually to my company um i have a video team and staff and so like friday uh tomorrow tomorrow morning i wake up at five o'clock in the morning and i'm flying down to pensacola florida i'm going to okay. shoot at one of our members houses for for an hour we're going to set up a full production. We're going to shoot at his house for an hour. Then we're going to go to some of his projects, shoot some B-roll and some other footage there. And then I'm going to have lunch with him. Then I'm going to fly to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm going to do the same thing with another one of our members. And then I'm going to fly home to be home ideally by 5 p.m. so I can have dinner on Friday at the Mexican restaurant with my whole family. And, um, and all of that, like the whole structure is like a puzzle of how yes. we put it all together and I fit it all in. So I have to plan like, my takeoff time, my land time, how long I can spend for lunch, how long they get to shoot, yes. all the shots that they need, the shot list and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Fortunately, it's not like I need a house that's in the beginning of construction, one that's in the middle and one that's in the end. Right. Um, but we're going to put all that together. It'll t And I have another um, member that we're going to shoot down here in Columbia, Tennessee, just south of where I live. Um, and we'll put all that together for a, it'll probably come out between 10 and 15 minute video at Flip Hacking Live at our event. Everybody's oh, so cool. professional video that's probably 12 to 15 minutes long. That's going to take me like two, two days to shoot, probably yeah. uh, a ton of gas in my airplane. And, yeah. um, and my production, like my videographer, it'll take him like a week to put it all together. And, yeah. and then the same thing during, like before the event, there's all this video that we plan in, into the event. So like the yeah. kickoff video, like the intro video that everybody's going to watch at the event will be shot probably the day all the way up to that morning, there will be footage from me walking from my hotel room down to the stage that morning. 
and it'll yeah. make it into the video an hour later and it all has to be planned. So like I live this life in a different like marketing world, I feel like, but yeah. I can totally relate to what you guys are talking about. Yes. Of like, Oh yeah. I need to shoot that again. Do it again. Yes. Do it again. I'm yeah. like, well, and that was, that was the hardest part with, for me with this show was I'm paying guys that are sitting on my job that, Hey guys, we need, we need you to be quiet. You got if you could step outside for 20 minutes, if you could come back after lunch and just realizing like, Hey, our production company, they've got a job to do as well. Mm -hmm. Like if we're going to make this successful, we've got to figure out a way where we can work together. And like Jenny said, a lot of that has come from just over the years, knowing what they need, knowing what they got to hit, knowing, you know, what, what direction we need to go. But when we first started, there was a, a struggle with that. And they'll tell you the same thing. So for every show that we cut down to 43 minutes, there's about 120 hours of footage shot. So they get a lot of bad of me before you get 43 minutes of good. <laughs> That's exactly right. And 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 you're right. It's, it's experience um, over time that helps because yeah. uh, yep. now I know like, I know what I should be wearing. I know I, I can nail it usually on the first or second take. If I don't hit it on the first one, two through five, are, I know are not going to be good. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's stuff like that that you know, and you can get into a rhythm. Like, you know, um, you probably know, Dave, who to schedule in when based on production okay. schedule. And then you got stuff like weather and other things that change yeah. and they have problems or delays. Like, I totally see that. And and I think for everybody who's listening, you probably don't have a TV show or you don't have like a production company or film videographers that so you're not run a YouTube channel and stuff like that, like like we're doing. But what, I, what I'm hearing is understanding and getting some experience, no matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter. Like this is just another business that looks very similar. And once you start understanding the inner workings of it, you can start figuring out how to be successful there. So, and that goes for the same thing, like they're talking about the timeline for you to put in, um, you know, electrical or finished plumbing or, or uh, demo work or any of these things inside your houses. If you can understand the process, you can start making it really efficient. And when we well, make it efficient, we yep. make more money. Yep. You're exactly right. I mean, like we have a prime example, Jenny, our brother-in-law, Jenny's sister's husband, he moved here to Arkansas just a few years ago, never built a house before in his life was in, you know, sold timeshares at hotels, but he managed, he knows how to manage people and he knows how to manage a schedule. And so, I mean, he has had a lot of success here because even though he doesn't know, he knows the process. He took the time to learn the process for me on the steps that you need to do, you know, from A to Z building the house. And he can manage the right people that are doing it. And he's having a lot of success with it. Yep. And I call, I call those like air traffic controllers. So, I mean, being a pilot, that's what I think about. They're yeah. just like moving airplanes around and make sure they don't hit each other. It's all, yeah. you know, project management, Gantt charts, stuff like that. Like just understanding critical paths of when things break down and then how to solve problems. I mean, a big thing that we're going to talk about at the event for those that are, that are listening is how do you make the right decisions? How do you ask the right questions so you can be a problem solver and you can start thinking more critically. You can start thinking like a CEO, like somebody who's running a business, even if it's just you, because yeah. it's never going to be just you. Like nobody runs is self-made. Nobody's running their own company. You've got right. third-party people. You've got title company. You've got a buyer. You've got a seller. Yep. You've got contractors. You've got 
you, you've got all kinds of different people that interact and make you successful in that. And, and if you're the mastermind behind it, you got to figure out how to ask the right questions so you can start thinking ahead and being proactive instead of reactive. And I think that's, right. that's when we start winning in business and in life, frankly. Um, I, I think that the military has trained me very, very well to ask the right questions and to start thinking about, you know, what can go wrong. Um, one question I have for you guys is what I, what I noticed in, in, your TV show was it didn't sound like you had any real expectations. So like initially you're like, ah, that's like, we're just going to say no. At first it was no. And then it was, all right, we'll go to coffee. Like I have no expectations. And it's like, okay, we'll do this sizzle reel. Fine. But no expectations get picked up. Then the pilot comes, no expectations to get the series. Season one, eight episodes, no expectation to do more. They ask you for more. Jenny's crying. Like, is yeah. that typically the way that you guys go into things of just like, let's just, go from A to B and then we'll figure out if C shows up or are you guys like really structured and plan that you need to have A through Z for everything and, and the outcome. No, we're not, we've never sat down and said, this is our five year or 10 year goal. Um, I think the show was a total curveball. That was never at all on our radar at all. Yeah. I would so, say we had a goal with the business. Yeah. The business, but not with, not so much with the show. Right. Yeah. So I, here's, here's my take on the show. The, the show is, it, it's, it's when Jenny and I first prayed about whether or not, like, should we say yes to this? Should we do it? Like, we always, we kind of always fall back to when things are hard, like, remember our why. We had a why for why we were doing this show. And the why was that we could shed light on, on adoption and orphan prevention and like, really, like, the nonprofit work that was our why so even still today when you know when things are really tough that's the why that's why all right remember why we do this babe remember why we do this and that's it it comes from both sides saying that to the other one we're very i think we're so lucky because we get to share in this together we get to you know when it's been a really hard day and a really long day and you there's just no smile left in your face we understand each other we understand like yeah, it's just, you, you, we, we, there's nothing left to give. And so, you know, that's been like, with the show, it's always been for, I know for me and, and you, hey, as long as God wants us to do this, as long as there's still relevance and we're still impacting people's lives with the show, we'll do it. But when it's over, I mean, even like, you look at like the Fixer Upper, like Chip and Joanna Gaines, they did five seasons. And, they're doing more now, but I mean, uh, you know, the runway isn't 20 years. It's not. And so, you know, we're going to take this for, you know, for, for all that it is. And then at, you know, someday we'll just go back to building houses or farming or, you know, something a little less hectic, but yeah, we, we haven't had much of an expectation for the show. Every now I am day. the first one after everyone airs. I want to see what the ratings were but because I'm competitive. I am very competitive. <laughs> I don't know what our ratings are. I have no idea. Literally, he'll like our producer will text us of some number that I don't even under, I don't understand ratings and number. I'm like, okay, I don't care. I do. Like, care. I really I care. don't care because to me, we are. I'm more focused about making sure we make create a really good show that we have a beautiful home for our homeowners that we're telling their story that every space looks i'm worried about all the details and so once the show is filmed i'm not i'm and i'm also not even worried about the show as much as i am the project so like right now we have six 
houses, seven, how many do we have? Seven right now that I'm working on, we're working on. And so I'm so focused on those that I'm not really worried about the show. Once the show's over, like we haven't even actually seen all of the episodes. There's been a lot that we haven't watched and I don't, I don't want to watch them most of the time, but it's kind of fun to watch. Cause it's kind of fun to see, like, it's a little bit of like a family like it looks like it feels like we're watching like family videos because you look back and you're like oh my god it's a timestamp of where our family is and so no it's part of our life yes but it's not our primary business like the show is just a thing that I guess it is our job now but it doesn't feel like I don't know I guess that's we're not answering the question but no we never had any expectations for it we still don't every season we film it and then we don't know how it will do and if it will get picked up. We don't have like an ongoing contract. It's just one year at a time. So I think that's the only way you can is not to have any expectations because also if you start having expectations, then you become like prideful, I think. Like, I don't think anyone watches it. So if somebody <laughs> watches it, then that's great. But I just go at it like, oh, nobody's going to ever see this or otherwise right don't you don't well there's a there's a couple of things you mentioned there number one is i love the idea like a lot of what we do in film like we've made i've i've had the opportunity in my business to make a video about my son james um yeah. with and and my video team took all of his old surgery photos and all this stuff yeah. put it to music and like we showed it at the event and it, it's one of the most magical things and, and incredible things that i own um i've been yeah. able to to bring in some people like i had john andrasik he's five for fighting um, it's like many people, like uh, Superman, Hundred Years, just amazing music. He came to our virtual event and he he played Hundred Years is the song that I used to listen to for James, thinking about his life and just crying in the hospital. And he dedicated the song to my son James. Like that's just incredible. Amazing. And we so we have like the video and me and John interacting together, spending time together. This this platform has given me an opportunity to create things that that I'd never be able to do on my own that honestly, selfishly a little bit are like amazing for me, right? To have these videos right. to go back to. Um, but like there's, so for you guys to have this, like you'll look back 20 years from now of like, look how yeah. small our kids are in the show and things like this. It's like, uh, you know, Christmas movies of what they used to be when I was a kid almost. But yes. there's a lesson in here, I think, for the people that are listening. And I don't want them to miss it. If If you guys just went from, if you're like, okay, I want this show to have five seasons and yeah, we're really excited about it. And, and it's not about being let down. It's about just taking one step and then another step and another step. Yep. I think so many times when we're doing something new and something that might be scary or something that's big, like somebody who's listening, who's going to flip their first house or make, make their first offer or not, or make their first phone call or knock on their first door or, or write their first letter to somebody talking about buying their house or, or some step, right. Talking to the first private money lender. Um, it's it's not knowing the the destination. It's just going from A to B with no exactly real expectations right. that it has to go right, and then go from B to C and and not know what C is. Like you guys weren't like, oh, we have to learn all about production. We got to figure out what the shoot schedule is going to be so we can be perfect on the first episode. It's like we were just figuring it out, and I think that's why so many people either get stuck or don't even start because they're not willing exactly to take that right. first step. Yep. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I mean, even like we, we say this a lot with our show, like when we started the, this show, it really the why was always about, you know, like the ministry and about uh, like the, about adoption, which I think is still a big part of it. But we've had so many people that have come up to us and say, you know, 
thank you guys, because this is a show that I can watch with my kids, with my parents, as a family that we enjoy together. And especially during COVID and during those times, it was it was it, it was really something that we looked forward to when there wasn't a lot to look forward to. And had we not taken that first step of just, all right, let's do the pilot and let's go to the next episode and the next episode. I mean, I'm kind of self, like that feels really good to have someone come up and tell you that, that, that you've made an impact in their lives. And yeah, if, if, like you said, if we would have started this, like, okay, we're doing this first show, but it's all about, you, you know, you're going to go from 10 to 13 to 16 episodes a season for the next five years. You're going to do these spinoff shows. You're going to do, there's a lot that's got to happen here. I can tell you for a fact, both of us would have just said, no, we're out. And so, you know, that, but it, I, I don't know, I really believe that so much more good has come from the show than, you know, th there is bad. There is, you know, there are those, those people online that shouldn't be. And there are the people that say stuff that they shouldn't stay, say, but like overwhelmingly, it's been much more positive than the negative. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that doing and taking the next step, I've, I've written about that a ton because I do feel like that's just, that's how we've always approached life. And I love that you said that because that's always been like, I, adoption was the same. Everything. It's just always like, okay, where, because otherwise you get too overwhelmed. Um, you, if you know the whole runway, you don't know it because otherwise, yeah, you won't start. But if you just say the one step, like we, you know, in this example of the show is going to coffee. Okay. I'll go to coffee. I'm not going to think about all the other stuff. Um, and that, yeah, that's the key because there's always the next thing to do. And that's the only way to do it. Get anything accomplished is just the next thing. And I think you become paralyzed by fear and you become overwhelmed and all of those things if you're not focused on, okay, keep my head down, do the work, don't get so caught up in, yeah, you can have goals. I think that's really important to know, like we said, and I don't even, for us, it's not really a goal, but it's a why. You, you gotta have your center point and remembering like, why are you doing what you're doing? And once you get to a point where you're not doing, you feel off, like this doesn't feel right, then you have to readjust and you have to look and figure out, am I, am I just on autopilot now? Is this, this isn't, you know, working anymore and you got to figure out okay what do I do now um but I do think that the the idea of taking that one next step is is huge um and and I think small beginnings is another thing that I always I, I like to think about is small like that's where things happen is small it's not big you don't you don't start like you you didn't buy this company you started at the beginning you had a small start yep. we, everything Same with our construction small. company we started we built one house and we sold it we built one house and we yeah. sold it. Then we went to two, then four. And then as you feel more comfortable, it starts to scale and it starts to get bigger. But I couldn't have done that without my dad, my brother, without other builders, without people that I met and contractors. And that's what I love about your organization and what you offer to people is that community. Jenny and I, when we started this show, for the first couple of years, we were just on an island. No one could relate. They would just, oh, you have this great show. You film all day really, really hard. Well, until we met our like community of other like HGTV hosts that we can now share like the triumphs and the heartaches and all that stuff with, it's made it so much easier because <laughs> someone understands. And, you know, this is a, yeah, this is, it sounds like, like just such a great community of people that, 
hey, I've been there. I'm a little bit ahead of you. I'm not way above you. I'm a little bit ahead of you. This is where I was three, six months ago. This is what I did. And, you know, it's just baby steps one at a time. Yeah, it's what I always try to picture for what we're doing is somebody lifting up to ask for, for help up and somebody who's reaching down. So like you have one arm up and one arm down. And so you're pulling somebody up and somebody's pulling you up at the same time. And I, we all need that. Like everyone, we do. everybody, yeah. you we need a community. Tim McGraw, the Tim McGraw song where he says, when you get where you're going, you turn back around and lend a hand. That's the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's life. That's what makes, that's how you keep moving. That That's how we, the next generation grows and how you teach and you don't just, you have to turn around and help the next person behind you. Yep. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show with me. I'm uh, really excited to sit down with you. We're going to do um, a presentation together at Flip Hacking Live. And if you guys are listening, October 12th, 13th, and 14th in San Diego. If you guys don't have your tickets, I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, go yeah, to flipackinglive.com. Yeah, get your tickets right now. Click the link somewhere. Um, you guys got to grab your ticket. It's going to be a really amazing event. Um, I had the opportunity to interview Bruce Norris today also, like the Oracle of California. He's going to be there. He's the guy who's called the crash. He called the the rise up uh, out of the ashes uh, from the 2008 crash. Um, just really incredible. He's going to be talking about the market and the state of the market and where we're going in the future, uh, doing a lot of new construction also. Just an amazing event. We have our members, a lot of our members come in talking about everything from novations to um, seller financing, to raising private money, to marketing strategies that are working right now. And if you're at all serious about this business, this is an event that you have to come to. So October 12th, 13th, and 14th, fliphackinglive.com. Go grab your ticket. Um, do you guys want to share anything? Maybe uh, maybe uh, your charity? like. Uh, we can use my platform a little bit to talk about it. If anybody wants to find out some more information or anything that you guys are doing that you would love for, for them to hear. Yeah, sure. Our, our nonprofit is called the berry farm. It's a blueberry farm here on our property. Um, we have, it's a, you pick farm. We invite families to come pick berries in the summer. And then all of the proceeds benefit a agricultural and vocational training program for orphaned and abandoned teens in Zimbabwe. Yep. Yes. That sounds awesome. Is there like a website or somewhere that they can go to look at it? Yes. Then go to the berry farm, Bentonville.com. The berry farm, Bentonville.com. We'll put it in the show notes and the description. We'll drop it in the email that goes out to you guys. Um, I would encourage you guys to come to flip hacking live in San Diego and meet uh, Dave and Jenny. They're going to be there hanging out. It's uh, pretty clear. This is uh, somebody who absolutely fits our culture of our community. And I think you guys are absolutely going to love them. So uh, come to the event, fliphackinglive.com. We'll see you guys there. Thanks for uh, being on the show with me today, guys. And I'll uh, see, see you all in the next show. Yeah, thank okay. you so much. Bye. Bye.